Gwen, Gwen the Pen. Gwen the Pen? Yeah. That is the worst gangster name ever. Nah, because Gw- Gwen, Gwen, you don't need a gun. Just a pen is enough for you to kill someone. That's how uh, fucking badass you are, Gwen I mean, the Pen. I mean, it did work for Joker. Though I think, was that a pencil? I don't know. I don't know, man. Gwen the Pen sounds like a bureaucrat to me. <laughs> oh, the person that keeps track of the money? Yeah, like Gwen the Pen. Yeah. Like, yeah, like the evil accountant, maybe. Yeah, person who launders the money. That's not really aspirational. Nobody's like, you know what, I want to be the evil accountant. What? I have news. Tell me, Gwen. Tell me your news. You already know the news. Uh, The Flame and the Flood came out on PS4. Yay. Yay. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, I can't really talk too much about the launch yet. We'll, uh, we'll probably save that for another podcast. Anytime you launch on a new console or just launch in general, there's, uh, Fallout. Fallout? (laughs) A million things, a million things go wrong. Like, just... Some of it's within your control. Some of it's not within your control. This one's a little weird because we actually used a publisher. Yeah, Curve uh, Digital, didn't you? Yup, we used Curve. Uh, and so it's hard to say, like, what is going wrong because it's, you know, Sony versus what's going wrong because it's Curve. Like, we're, um, uh, the the cover art was incorrect on the storefront, oh. for instance. And I don't think that was Curve. I think that that was actually something went wrong in Sony's system. I don't know why these systems are so weird and overly complicated and, and shit is always going wrong. Huh. Um, I, I like, it's actually difficult to articulate because every, every time you come out on like a, a new console or something, something bizarre just goes completely wrong. Like every time. And it's, um, <clears throat> let me think of a story. I was going to say, like, did you have the problem with Microsoft or is this... Oh, yeah. I mean, this is just how it is. Okay. The more platforms you come out on, the more weird shit happens. Like, we have okay. constant we have constant problems with Mac. But, like, oh, man. Okay, so we launched on the Xbox One. Uh, we, the, this was our big launch, right? Like, we launched simultaneously on Steam and on Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Um, we launched without any localization, which means we didn't translate in any languages other than English. But internally, we were working on localization. Yeah. So we... Um, we had rough scripts in, uh, and and we were they were queuing the translations like our, our we had people queuing the translations. They were in the game, but we uh, we were only launching in English, um, and uh, there's unbeknownst. So we we told Microsoft there's only English in this build, which is true, uh, as far as we knew, mm-hmm. uh, and unbeknownst to us, the Unreal Engine has a thing. Where it will detect the language of your Xbox One by default and will change to the um, any language it finds in its like language packs or whatever huh. uh, to match that automatically for you. Like as a sweet feature. We didn't know this. Oh, wait. It um, auto-translates? No, it doesn't auto-translate. You, we have, you put in like packs of, like you put in the, the English file I got and you. the Spanish file. It, it will file. do that itself and the Xbox will say, oh, I'm in Russia and it will trans. It will just use your Russian file that you yes. put in there by default. Oh, that yeah. is clever. Uh, and we didn't we didn't know this. Um, 
they've I, I don't know if it it only detects it on I, I, there there's something where uh, you have to have that be set as your primary language in um like somewhere in your in your settings in your Xbox one we didn't yeah. know this nobody knew this uh, the game went all the way through cert without anybody realizing this um that that the game was changing language based on based on the, like your the language of the Xbox anyway so uh <laughs> so what was happening when we launched was not only uh, so if you're in America, you know, or the UK, your Xbox is set to English. So mm-hmm. pull up the English file and everything would go properly. Um, if you were in um, France, I would look for the French file. If you were in, um, ah. if you were in Italy, we didn't bother to have an Italian translation. It would pull the first file it would find, so it would show up in German. Oh, so it would just be like not English, not English. What's the first? Not English. This Deutsch. Yeah. Deutsch comes first alphabetically and so what happened was on the launch of the game if you were playing in any country that was that didn't have english as a primary language or portuguese spanish or any of these other um languages like Mm. we we only supported six at the time uh the game was in german (laughs) that's what you were getting yeah so like around the world everybody's playing our game in german not even good german like a terrible first pass translation of german uh (laughs) And that was a shit show. And, like, so we, we tried to figure out what the f- was going on there. We figured it out. Um, I think in the last minute we just deleted all the, the language packs out of the build and, and sent a new build to Microsoft. And these things take days. Like, you give them, you can figure out the problem immediately, send it to Microsoft. It's got to go through cert. Mm. So, like, for days, uh, the game was just, like, sorry, guys, it's just going to be in German for a few days. I swear it'll switch to English. And, um... Then, of course, we had the the flack on the other side where people were, uh, like, people in Spain were like, hey, the game was in Spanish and now all of a sudden it's in English. Or like, mm. yeah, because you weren't supposed to have Spanish yet. It's technically not translated. Uh, that was, you could see when you bought the game, it was not supposed to be translated. Uh, but people were really upset that we took their Spanish away from them. So then we had to rush oh, the geez. actual translations through. And this is, like, not even the worst thing like mm. <laughs> this stuff just happens every time you come out on a different platform stuff happens so the ps4 launch is going well and people can get it now right they can get it now yep with proper cover art and everything everything's moving pretty good actually at the moment pretty nice. jazzed speaking of other big uh, things relating to consoles the other big news that i'm interested just to know what you think about it is uh, the reveal of the Nintendo Switch's launch lineup and price point and release date. Ah, uh, yes. yes. That was quite big news in the week that we were away. Uh, for me, I watched that. I thought the console itself was very well priced for what it is and what it does. I'm excited about what it is and what it does because I have thought about the idea of wouldn't it be cool if you had a console that could plug in as a handheld fire and hdmi or whatever like that would be mm. awesome i've I, I i have had that thought for years so i'm glad it's a thing that's finally happening i remember being disappointed that it was a thing that wasn't happening with the wii u so i'm glad it's what they're actually doing uh yeah and the weird the only part that i found weird was the reception from some people 
it, again, because I follow a lot of press people, on the press side, there was people saying that it felt rushed because it, I think it's launching with like five or six games. So some people are like, oh, it's, it's, it's being rushed to market, which I don't get because I'm like, why would you rush it? No one was waiting for it. Like, it, it was announced. It's not like they're not responding to anything. Or, I don't know. It, it doesn't feel rushed to me. And also some people I, thought it costs yeah. too much. And I'm like, what price did you think this thing was going to be? Like, it's it, it, over in the UK, it's £280. And I know it's 299 in America. I That feels kind of reasonable for a thing that is a handheld and a console at the same time it's like this that to me uh, that feels reasonable okay uh <laughs> i haven't thought as deeply about this as you have clearly i have uh, I, i'm looking forward to it i've pre-ordered it and the my only downsides is that the peripherals seem to cost quite a bit but mm-hmm. eh. i would say 300 dollars is i mean when i heard that price i um thought about how much it's going to cost me to update my phone which mm. is also $300 to get the, like the latest cuz I have a G- Galaxy S3 um and wow. I'm like they're yeah I don't update things very often <laughs> turns <I'm> out just, <laughs> uh and to get up to the newest one that was about $300 I'm like hey, mm. I can get a switch or I can get a phone I mean like, that's com- like when you compare the switch to technology out there that didn't seem like a terrifying price to me um but I mean compared to if you look at the numbers, obviously, of how powerful the Switch is, uh, the PS4 and the Xbox One are a better value right oh, now. They in have terms of far more games. Power. You mentioned uh, that the um, that the system feels rushed. I don't. I didn't even think about it like no, that. Honestly, I. I thought I thought the games felt late. I imagined that the uh, something went wrong in development or something changed on the Switch pretty late, maybe. Um, that is delaying a lot of games. I think the games are just coming Ooh. out a little bit later. See, I know. Uh, this was why, because from my perspective, I am probably like a pro consumer at best in terms of my like levels of insight. Like, I just look at it as like, oh, okay. But I was definitely interested for like perspectives like that, where it seems like games are coming late and stuff like that from a developer's yeah. point of view. I mean, I, th- I think it's. I think the games are coming late. I think it's a. They don't have any good game to bundle it with. I think um, you you have to keep in mind the games are what moves the console in a big way, and yeah. what they're they're counting on Zelda to move this console, mm-hmm. which will work uh, because the Wii U was such a failure. Yeah, because they're launching they're launching Zelda on Wii U and on on the Switch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you have a Wii U, you don't need to buy the Switch; you can play it on the Wii U. Oh, but totally. no one fucking has a Wii U, so that's fine. Mm. Uh, like there's a hardcore fan base and the people who do have a Wii U are hardcore Nintendo fans and will probably just buy the Switch anyway. This is true. So so I think uh, Zelda will actually probably move some units um, even though it's not a, an exclusive to the Switch. Uh, there aren't many enticing exclusives to the Switch out at launch at launch no i'm I'm hoping they'll have more by by the holiday season and that'll i think the this you have to keep in mind like they're launching they're launching early but they're setting up for christmas because they're going to move most their units at christmas right well mario Uh, is due out uh, at christmas the mario whatever it's called mario in the sea uh i forget his name what a um, weird weird title man what was it called weird 
Odyssey. Uh, I, Odyssey. Mario yeah, Odyssey. Uh, like, starting out Mario in a realistic, like, downtown area. Was it New York or was it just a generic city? It, it looked like New York. And you know what it reminded me of? Sonic 06. All those realistic ass looking people walking around and this weird character running through it and people being like, hey, what's up? I was like, this looks like Sonic 06. And oh, no one's going to mention it because Sonic 06 sucked. But <laughs> this reminds me of Sonic 06, just this. Like, the rest of it doesn't, but just these normal people looking at Mario and not being horrified in the way that no one was horrified by Sonic. <laughs> it's like that whole thing reminded me of it. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's Mario, right? Like... It's got that pedigree of them being like, well, this is the first open world one since uh, Sunshine. So people have been clamoring for that. Though, to be honest, a friend of mine who's super into Nintendo, like Galaxy 2 is probably his favorite. So I don't know. Yeah, um, I'm excited to see what they do. I'm excited because Nintendo is weird. Yeah, right? <laughs> Nintendo is different. I feel like PS4 and Xbox One are, are very similar and... Um, uh, I mean, obviously, they're they're deeply competing, whereas Nintendo's always kind of off doing some other weird shit. Right? Uh, this is, oh, that is I, part of what I love. Know, people talk about how expensive the peripherals are for the Switch, and they are. They are. Um, but, like, the, you gotta understand, you've trained Nintendo to do this. Nintendo made a shit ton of money off of peripherals for the <laughs> Wii. True. Like, that's how they... That's they made a shit ton of money off of the Wii peripherals. And so they're looking back at their bottom line and they're like, you know what made us a lot of money? Peripherals. <laughs> Do you remember those hollow so, plastic steering wheels? <laughs> yeah. Like, are you, you know what we should focus on? Making better peripherals because that shit sells. Uh, and we've, as consumers, trained them to, to do this. So mm -hmm. they're, they're following what looks to me like a logical path in that regard. Um, I think it's... Um, I don't take the view that the Switch will be a really good uh, handheld device like you do. You were saying how you think it's a, a good uh, consumer device and handheld device. I just don't think something with like a the battery life of an hour and a half well, this, is a really... I mean, even when, they were, even when they were touting it and being like, this is the battery life, like they were saying six hours. And that's from Nintendo with them being like, <laughs> they... best use scenario. It's like... They Ooh. walked that shit back so far. They're like now they're like two hours on a good like. Well, yeah, you can play it for Zelda. six hours unless it's Zelda, and then yeah. it'll be two, maybe one and a half. It's like whoa, that. Dude. Yeah, that is the part of it. I mean, again, like I am. I guess we're both difficult cases to uh, that's kind of far from the average consumer. Because for me the reason I describe myself as pro-consumer at this stage and not as like, yay, consumer, even though I totally am. But like, I would say I'm the per I've pre-ordered everything, partly because I'm excited that I'm at a point in my life where I could potentially afford to get the console on the day it comes out with all its bits. <laughs> like, I'm just like, mm -hmm. that's cool. I always wanted that when I was a kid. The idea so of going... Saying, you're saying you have money and you're excited about spending it? I don't have Basically. tons of money, but I have more money than I did years ago. And it's like, I know, I'm excited about the idea of buying a console the day it comes out and getting all the bits and just having it all and being like, yay, the new thing. Because I've not, I've not done that before. So th that's super exciting. And I'm excited at the concept of the Switch. All way more than the actual games on it. Like, the actual games on it, 
like uh one two switch is probably something i will play like once and be like that was cool uh i've never been big into zelda so i'm always in love with the way zelda games look but in terms of the way they play i have never had one hook me and i've tried a lot of them I think the Switch is gonna. I think I'm gonna be so boxing. I don't know. Nintendo is very successful, and they're they're uh, better than Microsoft at making supporting their platforms with games because yes. they make their own games yeah. mostly, uh, which is a double edged sword in a lot of ways. But um, I think the Connect uh, was definitely something where Microsoft is like, "Look, we made amazing technology. Mm. You can do so much cool shit with this. Go, go forth, world." make games that use this and the world was like uh developers were like uh consumers didn't buy it and consumers are like uh there's no games for this and it just didn't take off yeah really uh and i am concerned that the switch is similar in a lot of ways it's like look it you can you can take the controller apart you could do something where like two people are you could pull out the tablet put the tablet on a table give a the two sides of the controller one to each person and have two people play a competitive game mm-hmm. at your lunch break at school and it's like that's cool where's the game that does that yeah this is the thing it doesn't that exist there is no there's seemingly because this has all been riding on the back of the Wii being one of the most successful consoles ever thanks to Wii Sports and there's still that was the one thing I remember when the Wii U came out, sort of confusing me. It's like, where's its Wii Sports? Like you had Nintendo Land, and that was crazy fun, but there was never a thing that was like, here's this hardware that's new that we haven't done before, but it's really intuitive, and here's this game that does really intuitive things as well that you can easily understand straight away. And I think, I mean, I think that was a huge part of its success. And with the Switch, it's a similar thing where it's like, I'm not even one to Switch. Like, I'm like, that's kind of cool. But it's also, it feels like a, more of a novelty than a thing that people are going to need, like, want. If you know what I mean? It's, I'm not articulating myself well. I don't know. I feel like they're trying to replicate the same success with the sort of different hardware that does something different. Like, with the Wii U, it was like, it's that screen you take away. And now it's like, it's the screen that you can actually take out of the house now. And, like, you do all these crazy different things with it. But, I don't know. It feels like, because that was never, like, Nintendo have always kind of, because after the Wii, it felt like they tried to be like, but we've always been doing this. Like, look, a analog stick on an N64, shoulder buttons on a controller. It's like, nah, it's kind of not the same. Like, this, yeah, that's iterations I mean- on a similar thing, whereas the Wii felt like oh we thought of a new thing and in a way that everyone can understand and now it kind of feels mm-hmm. like you're chasing that novelty but kind of not getting the spirit of what the we was in a way Maybe. i don't know i don't i didn't look at it like that quite i mean i i think nintendo as a company from a high level uh is looking at what they do well and they they do handheld games quite well yes um that is an uh, the the 3ds is an undoubted success uh and they the Wii, they did the peripherals really well, mm-hmm. um, and people really like that. And so, I think combining those, they're like, "What can we make that will combine those that people can also take their games and play them in in the living room?" And they're they're definitely targeting a slightly different market than us. Mm. I mean, you have to keep oh, in mind. Oh, Yeah. One of the things I like about them is that they are they are targeting an Asian market that has uh, that largely uses a lot more um, uh, handheld devices. 
uh, for gaming. Yeah, that's um, why the Vita is still a thing in Japan. Yep. Uh, and and that's why Americans are like the Vita. What the fuck? Yeah, like, how does that? How is that successful? I don't oh, understand. Makes me so sad. Whereas it's such a good it's console. It's doing so well. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's just not hitting in our market. No. Um, and I I'm curious to see if a lot of the uh, press talking about the Switch are just like maybe it's just not for you. Like because we're not reading the Japanese press. I'm curious to see what they're saying. That's true. I'm curious to see if they do well. Um. If the press overseas is is excited about this more than we are, um, maybe because yeah, maybe it does fit that pattern and that lifestyle better than it does over here. Because because we've got mobile phones that I know that's the same thing over there, but I think for the for that audience, maybe mobile phones are covering that already. I'm thinking out loud, but maybe uh, I don't know. The, I mean, it's interesting you brought that up because Nintendo is pushing into the mobile space, and I don't. True. They were against that for a really really long time until they saw pokemon go take off yeah and i i think they were against it because they like the opposite problem in a way like they they've always been focused on the asian marketplace and they don't perhaps um for for better or worse like they they never took their games like pokemon to mobile because they didn't see that this is how americans and and europeans consume games is that like, most people have, yeah, phone apps, not um, the average person isn't carrying around a phone and also a 3DS, right? Mm. Um, and I think, so I, I think they saw Pokemon Go and they're like, okay, maybe we should dip our toe into this. But yeah. I don't, uh, I have mixed feelings about that too, because some, when you, when you're making a game for a specific device like the DS, you can rely on the hardware very... It, it's consistent. Yeah. You know exactly what you're getting into. Whereas when you make a game for mobile, you've like got to, in a way, appease the lowest common denominator. What's the shittiest phone we're going to we're gonna support? Mm. There, There's all these different... Um, your phone will run on... Or your, your app will run on this phone, but not on this phone. There's hundreds of different... Um, Android devices and and are you going to support the iPhone and the Android? It's just development is such a pain in the ass. And like yeah. even setting that aside, um, getting a control scheme uh, that works on every phone when phones have different buttons. I don't like it. It just didn't feel like a. You'll never get that perfect polished Nintendo experience on a phone. In my well, opinion, no, maybe. no, I agree and. Uh... Pokemon Go obviously wasn't na- made by Nintendo, but even that, no. for me, the novelty wore off. I mean, there was two weeks that were absolutely amazing for Pokemon Go and revolutionary for games, in my opinion, where, where everyone was playing it. And I heard conversations from strangers, like a ri- an older man talking to some younger kids, like, well, younger kids, they were like teenagers, and they were looking at Pokemon Go, and the older guy looked at businessman was like, oh, Pokemon Go. Yeah, what you what what you got on that? And they started chatting yeah. about it, and I was like, "This is craziness! Like, it's making strangers talk on a train. Like, this is which is not a thing in the UK. It is strangers? not. <laughs> no, God no. People are not. People don't got, talk to strangers over there. You do not. Up north, they talk to each other on the train all the time. They love it. They're just chatting away, having a great time. But down south in the UK, we do not talk to each other on a train or public transport or anywhere. like that. <laughs> You're a stranger. I'm not talking to you, and I don't want to talk to you, and you don't want to talk to me, and we're all fine with that. But like, yeah, it's like it's like Boston. Boston. <laughs> just yeah. So we don't want to talk. Good. 
<laughs> look down, don't make eye contact, and pretend you're thinking about something very deeply. Yeah, because uh, and it's yeah. fine because neither of us want to talk to each other, and it's annoying when someone does because <laughs> it's like you're breaking <laughs> the rules. But like, <laughs> we all silently agreed on this. I wonder how Ni- how did Nanantic get the Pokemon IP? Yeah, I like, wonder that as well. Like that feels like Nintendo a big gamble, right? I mean, they. <sighs> I I'm curious about that. Like Nintendo doesn't often give out their IP or sell it to other people. There must be particularly I to go on a platform was. that's not Nintendo. Like Star Fox, the most recent Star Fox was made by Platinum, but that mm. came out on the Wii U, and Nintendo obviously have a lot of control over that. But I know it feels weird for what, especially. I mean, because you. I wish they would do that more. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I, feel like I mean, you feel like the Philips CDI just burned that bridge forever, right? <laughs> like with the, the the what did the Philips CDI? The f- you know, the uh, Nintendo licensed their games to Philips, like in the nineties, and this is where like uh, Zelda and the Link and the Sword of Gamelon, or whatever it was called, and there was like a Zelda game and a Mario game, which what awful like they they are known by gamers mm. for being awful games and that is always seen as the thing when nintendo were like we will never give out our ip ever again to anyone because this was terrible oh, like they gave i think they gave it to phillips as part of a deal for them working on a cd based thing when they were also looking with sony and all stuff like that and this giving them the ip for the cdi that was that was all part of the deal and they got zelda and mario and made some awful zelda and mario games yikes okay well now we know the now we know mm. interesting but yeah I, that, it'll that be... feels like it kind of has resonated throughout history yeah i wonder how nanantic did it i they must have impressed somebody somewhere that's pretty cool i would i would love to like it's such like i i doubt this exists but you know how like tim schaefer has the film crew, like two player productions, <laughs> filming all the time? I would yeah. love to see a documentary about Pokemon Go because for two weeks that was the biggest thing in the world. And I would just, I, and then like faded as quick as it came, it was gone. Like it's not even on my phone anymore. I got bored of it and I was like, eh, I got to <laughs> clear up space. And I was like, I don't do this anymore. It's gone. But like, I would love to see that team and what it was like and what they were doing when like i am in king's cross underground station and there's a little sign up saying do not play pokemon go on the escalators like not a hurriedly made bit of paper sign like someone's made a plastic sign that they have affixed on the same way where it's like don't run wow. it's like don't play pokemon go because everyone is playing pokemon go and i guess people have fallen us backwards down some stairs so they're like, oh, we gotta put up a sign. Like so many people are made, this like is playing so this. so good. Like, oh, that's, that's how so funny. Huge it was, and I would. Yeah. I would be fascinated to see how that team dealt with that and how they reacted to it. And yeah, that would make a great documentary. Everything from like, because they, cause, man, Nantic, they've been into ARG since the beginning. Like, yeah, since, right. Like, yeah, I think we've talked about this before. Like, they made those games where you. Uh, like it would fax things thing. to you and stuff and yeah they made geocaching games the game they came out with a game very similar to this before that yeah and then they got the nintendo ip how 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 did That's they it. do that how and also how was it so how did it get 
bigger than I have seen any video game get in my lifetime. I cannot think of a video game that was this big ever in my lifetime that I have seen everyone playing it so it on the news yeah. yeah like i've never seen anything that big it was it was flash in the pan but i've trying never to, like, seen a video game that big like farmville i guess well yeah like but even then that... that was more of a slow burn like it yeah there was nothing on the news about like shit is crazy with this farmville like that never that never happened this was the biggest thing for like a couple of weeks and Man, I, I like how did that happen? Like I, I saw articles on like uh, the uh, like in papers and stuff telling you how to get it in the UK before it had even come out, like yeah. how to make a US account and do it, and just like, on like the Guardian and stuff like that. And it was the top story, <laughs> like before it came out, with people being like, "I gotta get Pokemon Go," and this isn't yeah. just people that like games; it's like seemingly everyone. I thought after that happened, I looked at that and I was like, oh man, some VR capitalists are going to invest in a crap ton of ARG games <laughs> right now. I bet it's happening too. I bet oh, next more year it's just like... There'll be a bunch oh, that man. come out. Yeah, this could be a ton. Just because people have invested so heavily in it, I bet. Mm. I haven't heard many announced, but I guess that's kind of the point, right? Kind of like well, this sneak is the thing. that stuff in. Yeah, like... I would, I would like it if uh, mobile games became more serious and good. Uh, Hell and yeah. That like, is, I, I think, such a good example of a thing where it's like, it's not just doing, Ma like, it's not trying to recreate Mario on a system that ostensibly is not going to run Mario or play it well. It's like, this uses the technology inside this machine, like, to make a new sort of game that you haven't played before. Which was yeah. like, like, I remember when I played Tearaway. Tearaway was the game that made me buy, like, get a Vita. Because... Hmm. It used all the things in the Vita. Like, it used the camera and the touch thing on the back. And it was just like, oh, you're not going to be able to play this. I mean, they released it on the PS4 eventually. But it was like, yeah. you're not going to get this experience on another thing. It and won't I, be the same. Yeah. And I guess, I guess that's, like, a thing to say for the Nintendo Switch. Or as to why the Wii was so successful. It was like, when that came out, it was affordable. And it was also like, you can do bowling and shit. Like... Your whole family mm. will get this immediately. Like, which is, I guess, the same with Pokemon Go. You turn your camera on, there's the Pokemon, chuck the ball at it. You get it. It make, it works for the platform it's on. Yeah. And I think Nintendo dearly wants developers to make that for the Switch to come oh, up God, with, like, yeah. the game that, that uses the Switch. But the thing is, uh, they got, they lucked out with Niantic. Mm. Uh, that was, this is a company that already knew the phone, knew it well. Yeah. Um. It's a much bigger ask when you're saying, I made this technology. I'm not making the game that... <laughs> yeah. Can you make a thing for this? Can you, yeah. Um, and I, I think... Uh, I'm curious to see if it if it takes off. I feel the same way about um, VR, in a way. Like, there's... Yeah. VR will absolutely take off because oh, there's will. just too much, too much riding on it at this point for it not to. Um, one of, like, the Oculus the vibe something will take off maybe all of them will take off i don't know i see um, the playstation vr being much more like in terms of actually people getting to play it i know more people that own that like i still think it's like it's i'm looking at like a 500 pound outlay just to get this headset the controllers and a camera so i'm like that's yeah. not affordable at all 
But I know more people who have got it. And yeah, I think, and I that... think part of that is also um, so consumer. I don't want to call it fear, but like if you buy the the VR for um, your for uh, from Sony, mm. uh, you feel pretty confident that you can set that up. Yeah. Whereas if you buy if you buy the Vive or the Oculus, you're like, oh, I don't know. Like it's like a Linux user. It's like, oh, the people that use this are super nerdy computer people, and I'm not one of those people. What if I spend all this money and I can't get it set up? Do you know, I don't like it. The one thing I will say for what Sony has done with VR is stuff for the Vive and the Oculus that I've played, while amazing, have felt more like lower budget tech demos. Of, mm-hmm. whereas Sony, though they may not be the most thrilling of games, you've got stuff like that bank heist one and like with Star Wars Battlefront, they put the X-Wing cockpit simulator in it, the Batman thing that they did. Not huge games or anything, but they feel super, they feel triple A. These feel like the sort of games that you should be pl- like getting in VR if you're spending that much money. And they look like that. When you go in them, they look and feel like premium games as opposed to little, like, experiments. And I think in terms of consumer, like, understanding of, oh, this is a thing now, I think a big part of that is going to be a company like Sony throwing money at development studios and being like, make a nice-looking thing for our VR. And because you you see the Star Wars simulator and it's like, shit that looks like i'm in an x-wing <laughs> like that's amazing or batman oh i'm batman and the graphics are really nice and it all works and that i think is like one of the things that a company like sony can do a lot better than a com like vive as far as i'm aware htc aren't trying to make games and the same with oculus like i don't think they're in the business of making the games or in the business of making the hardware whereas with sony you've got both They've got the hardware, but they're aware that from selling consoles, they're aware that you need these games. So you're getting that sort of higher end thing that I think is going to be more enticing to consumers in the long run. I think so. Let me, where do I think about this? I'm thinking about the Sony studios right now because you brought that up. And I, mm. I uh, like Naughty Dog and, and a lot of these studios, they tend Microsoft to. Microsoft um, as well, like whenever they reveal whatever their VR thing's going to be. That's a HoloLens. I think that's going to be very different. I don't think that's. Oh no no no! I mean, you know they're going to have something eventually, right? Like with Scorpio, they're bound to have a headset. Like because AR is one thing, but if this becomes a thing, they're going to do one. I think okay, that's interesting. Now I've got to rethink because you brought up Microsoft. Um, Mm. So Sony, I think Sony uh, has a lot of studios that are very very good like the best graphics programmers in the industry probably work for naughty dog Mm -hmm. um and but they've been so focused on making they're in la and they're focused on making really really uh high fidelity animation getting as many pixels on the screen that sort of thing yeah um i think it'd be a pretty big switch to move from that to developing for vr they could it's possible i think um most of the vr titles i've seen have been like you've said kind of uh low fidelity art mm. um i i i imagined for some reason that the next step for vr would be to move into beautiful stylized art um oh there's room for bef- both before yeah and i like i i just think that one's easier to hit True. um 
and I um not easier. I think it's easier to if you're a developer right now uh, that's making highly stylized art and you've made games for the tablet and things like that that look gorgeous, moving taking that knowledge and moving that into the VR space um, seems like a, a transition where as an artist, you're used to the that problem set of mm. you can't draw as many triangles, you can't have as many bones. Like it's a known problem. Whereas the figure out how this tech can draw more triangles and make more bones, uh, that tech problem, I think that will be a problem that takes a little bit longer to solve um, because it is so specific. Anyway, I think the um, if you are an artist, the idea of making beautiful art that is within constraints and you can only have so many triangles and so many textures and you have only so many bones. I think that's something that uh, this industry has, it's a burden we've shouldered before. And there's mm. a lot of knowledge in this industry about how to get around that. Um, I think it'll take a little bit longer for uh, engineering to spin up and figure out how to put more triangles and more bones and more textures yeah. on, into games. So I think the, the tech challenges will take a little bit longer to solve. So I suspect a lot of the games that will come out um, that are, that that are AAA quality ish, I suppose, for the uh, for VR will most likely be highly stylized games um, that are beautiful because they're leveraging uh, knowledge about how to make beautiful stylized games that are technically low poly. And so I think in that regard, perhaps if I was pitting Microsoft against Sony, I would say Microsoft. Um, has more studios with that kind of knowledge base. Mm. When I think of Sony, I think of Naughty Dog and and um, incredible technical achievements, incredible graphics programmers, people who uh, um, innovate with technology and, and really dig in and get to know technology. And I suspect, God, I, I wonder if Naughty Dog has got PSVR. That would be interesting. You gotta imagine, as like one of their big studios that they publish, yeah. you gotta imagine they've given them that technology. I mean, you think they released an Uncharted on the Vita, and it utilized the Vita. It was one of those launch titles that was like, it does things that only the Vita can do. And admittedly, yeah. the game also works you around know, that. But every now and then, that pisses me off. Like when I was playing, what was it, Uncharted Two, and they had that that stupid thing where you yeah. take the controller and you had to do the balancing with the controller. You just and imagined like, that someone at Sony had turned up. <sighs> like that was the same, even though it might not even be the case, but it, you imagine someone at Sony turning up and going, "Get that in it. It's the you new the thing controller. we got. Put it in it. We got it. Yeah, you know that happened. Even like, though we're never going to use this again, do it I, anyway. Like, even I felt I felt the developers rolling their eyes as I played the game in that part. <laughs> I was like, literally. Yeah. They were just I know like, you fuck, mean. just jam this in to shut up Sony. <laughs> so I wonder, sometimes I wonder about the relationship between Sony and Naughty Dog. Because yeah. they, um, I'm sure they're, they're, uh, God, it's I mean, Naughty Dog for a while. ships units. Yeah. Naughty Dog is why the PS4 does well in a way. Exactly. Like it's a big so part of it. Yeah. And you think if they didn't want to, they've, The Last of Us, they were like, we want to do a new thing. And Sony are like, yeah, sure. Go for yeah. it. As opposed to, I suppose, a Bungie and a Microsoft where it was just like we don't want to make Halo anymore bye <laughs> like <laughs> oh I don't think that went down I think no, no, Microsoft no, didn't say oh Bungie took off no you're no. saying oh yeah I'm saying Bungie took off yeah no, yeah no. yeah Bungie didn't want to make Halo anymore like 
that's a whole other conversation. I could say so much about Bungie and Halo and all that stuff. I love Halo games. But that'll be another day because we're already running kind of long. But, oh, are uh, we running long? Well, I don't know. I could talk about Bungie and Halo if you like. No, it's cool. No, I think... Uh, uh, but yeah, yeah, I gotta think more about VR. VR, I, didn't even... I, I just think that from a person that's gonna buy these at the moment i still have no compelling reason to get one there's still Mm -hmm. there's not the tear away of playstation vr there's like there's not a wii sports for vr there's there's not the thing that convinces me that this system that is different and has a different input realistically does anything that i actually need to like there's no game that makes me want to buy it yet and yeah i i to how i would look at things i feel that a company like sony making the hardware and also making games is going to be one of those things that pushes it i think microsoft could do that as well if they release a headset i i that's going to be the thing and without that however impressive the technology is it won't take off for people that play games because it's like you have to have that experience that you can only have in there like as cool as pretending you're in a spaceship is like yeah it's i mean there's all sorts of technological things like the fact that it makes some people ill myself included like you need to it needs to get to a point where it doesn't do that because that puts me off but the main like that i could put up with that if there was that tear away that was like oh man this game looks so good and it does this shit that you you couldn't just do sitting playing with a controller because the novelty of being in a thing wears off like as cool as it is for me the novelty wears off quite quickly like it's like i'm in here cool but then you're like okay now what because i've been in places before like like imaginary or not but so it's like it has to do something interesting for me to want to stay in there so that that i think and that's why i think sony or someone is gonna they're gonna do i think they're gonna do the thing sony or microsoft or maybe nintendo probably not but maybe but a company all, that also makes games i think dude, are gonna there's be the one. so many big bets right now on new technology yes switch is a big bet on a new technology kind of in a way uh the the vr is a huge bet on new technology that seems to be what the what's happening right now is yeah I, I want to fast forward three years. I think the the grand vision of all of these things is really interesting. I think if the Switch had the battery life uh, that I wish it did, uh, yeah. where you could actually do some of the things I've heard described with the Switch, um, that that's honestly in a way more compelling to me than VR. Uh, if if they could have pulled it off, oh, to if me it, as well. well. Maybe they will. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. It needs it needs games. There's there's all this stuff is so early. It's so hard to say. But man, we're living in a time of big bets, Chris. We are. Big, rapidly changing technology. The next consoles are not just consoles, you know? Well, yeah, this is the thing. It's like it... I mean, we've been having this conversation forever. As I mentioned before, the expansion port of the PlayStation 2, the whole... It's future-proof, like all that stuff. But, you like, the motion controls, I think, were what... Were the tiny sprinklings of the beginning of that conversation of being like you could do different shit and nintendo with the wii were the ones that were like and people fucking love it like people that aren't just people that play video games are super excited about it pokemon go again is another thing where it's like the world was on fire for a few weeks at just how this technology works and works well for everyone 
And, and I think, then just to bring it down, the Kinect and the Wii U were both busts. Exactly, that's Sometimes what I mean. It like, stick. It doesn't. Not all the time. And as amazing as the Kinect was as a piece of technology, it's like no one made the games for it. So it's that balance. But yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see where it goes. Whether it whether it's like a, oh, it's everything's VR in the future, or like who not, but. Or do they double down and just be like, no, or, games is games. <laughs> or all games are on multiple uh, screens and devices. You know, that's not... I watched my boyfriend play, uh, like, when he's not playing Destiny, mm. pull out his tablet and fiddle with his, like, Destiny gear. <laughs> oh, yeah, he and does I, that on the companion app. Yeah, and I look at that and I'm like, shit, that's the future in a way. Like, the in fucking, a way, it's... It's a thing that, that I remember and it didn't end up in the game, but when they first showed off The Division... And there was the idea of like, okay, and now my friend on a tablet is going to start playing with us for like, he's on, because like, I instantly imagined like, I'm on the bus on my way home from work and my friends that I play this game with are like, oh shit, can you send in some support? And I'm like, cool, load up the app on my tablet. And then I get a little drone and it showed a drone in the game that like shot some people on a high ledge. And he was like, cool, got to go now. And they were like, cool, thanks. See you later. And he left. And I was like, that is and that's so cool and that's something the switch could do it could theoretically mm. right like that's that's the promise of the switch that to me is interesting possibly if it actually happens like <laughs> there it's i there's so much potential there yeah it's an exciting time to be a developer that's that is the one thing i wanted to ask you like how as a developer how interesting is the prospect of the nintendo switch at this stage because as a consumer for me it's interesting as a developer oh, is it interesting for you it's interesting i don't i i mean uh i own a company and i have to take some safe bets oh yeah i'm <laughs> not I'm, I'm not saying like so i'm not to, are you gonna make a game for the switch tomorrow i know like, <laughs> like I, I just mean I don't think interesting or or the vr i like i think we're we're uh probably a little too timid uh to to jump right into some of these exciting markets but as a developer as somebody who's just around this stuff mm. it is extremely exciting yeah it is a, it's just a freaking cool time to be a developer it's uh i'm excited to go to gdc this year i'm excited to talk to people about uh what they're doing like you say the the future is gonna be interesting in that space like in the space that we work in there's there's a lot going on and it's not just now I think we've we're moving beyond, and this is a thing that I think is a case with the Switch and Nintendo in general, where it's like I could not tell you what the specs of the Switch are. That was not the information that was coming out. That's not the information that anyone is even clamoring for. Like you look at it and it's just like, all right, cool. Whereas you know, with a PS4 and Xbox One and the upgrades and all that crap, it's still in the the bit wars like you may as well still be there like it's like oh well what's the processing power and that's the thing that matters but there's other sections of the game industry that's moving away from that where it's just like mm, graphics look good like well, like with nintendo it's like that looks like a pretty nice looking zelda game i don't really yeah. care if it could look a little bit better than that if you charge more money like i'm fine and I wanted I want a new experience. Yeah, that's that's where a lot of people are going now. So it's it's interesting. Yeah. Gonna be fun. Well, it was great talking to you, Chris Light. Great talking to you too, Gwen Frey. 
we should probably uh, wrap this up. Well, thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you've enjoyed it, why not leave us a review on iTunes? Or, hey, maybe even tell a friend. Word of mouth is nice in and of itself. And we had a few people this week actually tweet saying, like, I saw someone tweeting someone else recommending our podcast to them. That was really cool. Thank you so much for that. So, yeah, more like that would be amazing. But uh, until next week, we will say goodbye. And uh, I'll let you do the little bit that you do really well. Ah, oh, thank you. Uh, this has been Chris Light and Gwen Frey, and you have been in the Dialogue Box. Yes.